I, I think this is what we need right here. I mean, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw this out there. I know the studios are listening to this podcast, but um, we need a Mission Impossible crossover with Nancy <laughs> me. Where like Ethan Hunt has to infiltrate the eye or something. Right. Yeah, I would watch that. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 415 with our review of Now You See Me Too. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Chris Patrick. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we are being summoned by the eye, and we are busting out some tricks and uh, hiding things up our sleeves and pulling hats out of rabbits. We are here to talk about Now You See Me Too. Carson, yes. welcome back. Now you don't. Like how everyone said, ha ha. <laughs> Wait, how, how everybody who said? Well, everyone made the joke when they announced, you know, that it was just going to be called Now You See Me Too. They're like, why isn't it called Now You Don't? Oh, it's yeah, like, gotcha. because people would probably be confused. It would also not make sense in the context of the story, because the whole thing is that nobody has been seeing them. Mm-hmm. since the last film and now they're making a resurgence like right so it, like it, independence day it, i mean they, if anything they could have called yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> they like to get the landmarks uh, yeah uh uh yeah <laughs> but Sorry. uh yeah i mean I, I, they could say now you see me again or, or, I, well, I just thought that you know now you see me T O O would probably have been the best way to go but yeah yeah and then it could have been whatever. Lizzie Kaplan saying it yeah, because you know, now, now she's one of the horsemen, so she's gonna be like, "Now you see me too, <laughs> right?" <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, um, I, I, I mean, I, I really liked "Now You See Me." Um, Dude, we both did. Okay, just making we sure. Both... I, I couldn't, I couldn't remember if it was a thing where you thought I was crazy for liking no. it. Was it. Was it Steven who didn't like it? So, no, some... St- I don't know if Steven's even seen it, but he thought it looked stupid. I think. I think he was just like, really, you guys like that movie? Which is weirdly a lot of the majority opinion on on Now You See Me is that like that movie was dumb, but it's like whatever. No, that, that's, I, that's I the thing is I, I have a cultural uh, remembrance that it, it, it's kind of like how now everybody thinks it's cool to pretend like you don't like the movie Hook, even though the movie Hook is freaking awesome. Oh, it, that it, happens all the time. Apparently, Fight Club is terrible now, so <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Whatever. You can go around trying to be cool and say that, so. <laughs> I hated Fight Club before it was cool. <laughs> no, I'm just, no, like, people, like, apparently it's cool to hate Fight Club now. Like, like why? Like, so you liked it then, but now you don't? Like, it doesn't make any sense. That one I haven't actually encountered yet so far. But if somebody told me they hated oh, it's uh, a, Fight it's Club. it's out there, yeah. If someone told me they hated Fight Club, I might have to take their balls. <laughs> I, I, I think they're just being dumb. But yeah, yeah like yeah. the the I just looked it up again, and the first movie had a forty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so it wasn't exactly well liked. And yeah, then I mean, the the I, second I, one has a thirty five percent. So, well, that's not falling too much. <laughs> no, it's not much different. I mean, if anything, that's in the sweet spot. 
That's it, in the thirty percent range. That means you know it's going to be good. Basically, the the, the it, it got the same re- reviews across the board, but a few people who really miss Isla Fisher like bumped it down a few notches for her not being in it anymore. <laughs> Dude, people did that. They were like, "Oh, once again, there's no good female characters in it." It's like you haven't seen the movie yet, and also it's like. Uh, no one's saying that now once the movie's out it's like yeah also lizzie kaplan is awesome yeah she's in it sanaa lathan's in it like i don't know it's just i guess they're just too hell-bent on like there's too many men and they're all white it's whatever there's, there's it's directed- the one movie that alicia vikander's not in <laughs> <laughs> i mean if you really want to champion something it's like you had two movies come out this weekend two sequels that were directed by asian directors so like but no one wants to talk about that because yeah. that's positive we need to talk about negative because it's bad if you want to talk about missing female characters, the real problem with this film is that it's missing the chick that played Shoshana. In, in. Yeah, she's not in this one either. I She got replaced by Sanaa Lathan, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. She didn't want to... Mellory, Melanie Laurent or something like that? Me, yeah, Melanie yeah. Laurent. I don't know. Yeah, we like her. But uh, I, yeah, yeah, we were talking about Now You See Me Too. Um, should we get into this, Carson? All right. All right, we're going to take a listen to the trailer for Now You See Me Too and come back and give you a review. Let the momentum of the car do the work for you. It's all in the wrist. Not bad. Now you want to see a thing of beauty? Bingo, bango, bongo. That's good. It's good to be positive despite making zero progress in a year. You thought that they had disappeared forever, but this is the moment we've all been waiting for. Ladies and gentlemen, the four horsemen. The girl horsemen. Woo! Yeah! Nope. Are you listening, horsemen? You will get what's coming to you. Thank you, everybody! In ways you can't expect. Hey, it's great to be back. The greatest magicians in the world are my magic trick. Everyone get off the stage. We jumped off a rooftop in New York. Where the hell are we? We landed in China. How, how is this possible? This is simply my move. Next one is yours. Somebody got the better of us, okay? Somehow. Yes, you were lured into a trap. Ta-da! This is the key to every computer system on the planet. I'd want you to steal it for me. You think we're still gonna play your little games? I know you will. We're going out with the show. People will never forget. Hey, do that myself. Thanks for having us. Ago, we were tricked. Let's go, let's go. So it's only fitting that we do the same thing to the person who did it to us. Damn, it feels good to be back. Hello, hello. Stop. Make it go up. There's always more than what's on the surface. All right, so it's been some time since anybody has seen the horsemen. Um, they are all in hiding, and uh, now 
the eye is resummoning them for some big mission. And it turns out that uh, some rich kid, um, let's just call him Harry Potter. Uh, Harry Potter's back. <laughs> yeah. He discovers that the horsemen are back and he needs them to do something for him. And uh, these plots all intermingle in a convoluted way. <laughs> and our heroes had to perform some magic and do some tricks and try to expose some stuff. Like they always do, because they're the horsemen. Oh, yeah. And here they go. So, Carson, did this film live up to the legacy of the previous film? And uh, if yes or no, did you like it? I want to see Now You See Me movies until the rest of (laughs) the history of film. Um, I think Now You See Me, I feel like the perfect, like, I feel like the perfect uh, franchise example, (laughs) these are just like the National Treasure movies. They're just like all gimmicks, all MacGuffins, and like total implausibility, but it's just like exactly what you want from a big popcorn movie. Um, I mean, like, I don't understand the hate for these movies because... Like, I guess you just hate, like, having fun, because, like, I thought it was just as fun. I think I like the first one a little better, but, I mean, this movie was, like, anytime they're doing their magic tricks or whatever, it's just, like, I, I don't know. Like, the everything about this movie and, you know, this series, like, they nailed, like, the tone completely right, because you just... It's so silly and so dumb that you just can't help but go along with all the the craziness involved and uh yeah i mean i had a i had a total blast just like the just like the first movie Uh, i mean i think if you like the first one you'll totally like the second one i mean there's really i i I don't know like i i again it's it's kind of baffling to me that uh there's a lot of hate for these movies but uh again like like i said i guess people just don't like having fun i don't know like it's just uh it's good. It's it. It's just a really fun time. So, did you have the same reaction? Yeah. So, um, I I will kind of break the films into two parts, right? So, on the one hand, like I thought the story of the first film was like ge- legitimately interesting and intriguing, and I really got got I really bought into it. On top of that story that was really fun and awesome, you had the, 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 the ridiculousness of the magic and the crazy tricks that are pulling and the kind of reveals of what was actually happening during all those tricks. Then on top of that, you had just amazingly charismatic characters that were really fun, had a great time playing off each other, and, um, and, and, and that, that made the film really, really exciting. This film has the charismatic characters the same exact way. Um, I think the addition of Lizzie Kaplan is great. I think she adds a a really interesting sort of strange dynamic of being this person who doesn't technically belong with the group, but is sort of commenting, not quite meta-ly about the situations that are happening, but she's there almost as an audience surrogate in a ridiculous way where she's kind of just commenting on things. And she, she, she feels like a fan who made it into the movie, right? Like her character feels like a, like, like and that's, that's literally what her character is. She, yeah. She's kind of like a fan of the, the horseman, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So she, she's yeah. like made her way into the horseman. It's like her dream. So she's sort of half the time she's geeking out. She's like the Paul Rudd in, in civil bros, <laughs> yeah. right? Like yeah, she's yeah. like, Oh, you're great. I like you. you know? Yeah. She's, yeah. She's exactly playing that character except for she's not just there for a few moments. She's there for the whole film yeah she is the new member yeah yeah and that's really fun 
I think the the tricks overall, because of the nature of the story, there there are sort of some changes. We don't have the huge set piece tricks. Like this is th- these are people who are who are building tricks out of necessity to accomplish their goal, as opposed to building tricks that are part of a stage performance that is leading to a bigger and bigger thing. So the the magic aspect of the film is still fun and it's still ridiculous, and they're still like you know pushing the edge of what is is believable as far as even <laughs> anything can go. But the problem is that the um, the scenario doesn't allow for the magic to shine because the magic is secondary for this like globe trotting like thing they're trying to do right um then pushing it back again the story itself is is is, is a tiny bit convoluted i mean there's sort of two stories that are happening together but maybe they're not two stories but like there, there's a little bit of a zaniness there and overall i think this film is incredibly fun i had a great time watching it um it definitely does not live up to the um it does not live up to to what the first film had and and part of that is i think that it never could i mean spoilers for the first film um but in the first film we have this fbi agent played by mark ruffalo who's trying to track down the horseman but then at the end it's revealed that he's sort of the person who's put this group together and they're like that dynamic adds something really big to the first film, right? And that reveal at the end kind of makes it really big. In this film, we already know he, that, like, because we already know that, it doesn't add a level of complexity to the story. So we're sort of just dealing with these people that are in hiding. And I think it, because of that, there's sort of, it's, the film is inherently lesser because of that. And, and I am a, I, I kind of wish that, that that we could reach the level of the first film as far as the story itself, but the characters are still great and the like the hijinks that they get into are still fun. And I, like you, I will watch these and any National Treasure movies that get made <laughs> in perpetuity. Still waiting for <laughs> National Treasure 3. I like, dude, I genuinely, like, what, what's sad is, is like a, a, anybody who poo poos those movies but likes the uh, the the Dan Brown movies, um, what are they called? <laughs> Like the, yeah, yeah yeah like one of the reasons why I didn't like any of those movies is because they felt like shitty versions of National Treasure movies. Well, they're so they're so like serious and like stodgy. You're just like it's like watching, <laughs> it's like watching like Risen versus The Passion of the Christ or something, you know, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or like Risen versus The Conjuring Two. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like they they're just like so serious, and then you know. National Treasure in these movies have like no regard at all for reality. It's just yeah. like anything goes. They revel in the ridiculousness. And I it, mean, I yeah, like I mean, like I said, I didn't think this one was as good as the first one either. Like I think I don't think it was ever going to be as good as the first one simply because uh they you know, the first one had that twist ending that was so ridiculously awesome and hilarious that they almost try to top it in this one or come up with something as, you know, like, whoa, like revealing. And, you know, it was never going to be like that level. So yeah, when they do reveal the big twist at the end of this one, you're kind of just like, oh, okay, that's cool, but it's you know not as like, oh shit, as the first one. Um, so that's obviously, you know, they they were, I think they were trying to 
to think of something bigger, obviously, for the second one, but it was never going to be that way. And I mean, it's fine, though. I mean, also, though, like going back to the the National Treasure comparison, there was more of a National Treasure vibe in the first film because it was these people who were sort of all individual magicians, some of them like con artists and some of them just like street magicians. And they were being recruited by this mysterious organization. And there was elements of characters putting together clues, coming together, yeah. being summoned. And it, it had that it had that mystery beneath it that made it that much more interesting. Like they were performing all these things and becoming well known all for reasons like they were trying to get into this mysterious like Illuminati organization, right? Right. And, yeah. And this film, even though it opens with a character trying to track down the eye the it the eye i mean the the eye plays a prominent role in the film but it plays a role in a different sense these aren't characters trying to discover and prove they're worthy of the eye these are characters who are just like oh yeah we know of the eye already and we're just doing these missions that like we're getting remotely from the eye so it like th- this is the in a way it's sort of like a middle season episode if this was a show where every week the eye was just giving these magician guys new missions to do right it, yeah it, it's not it's not like a season finale or a pilot episode that that sets everything up it's sort of just eh, monster of the week <laughs> or bad guy of the week well, of i thing. mean this is definitely more oceans 11 ish uh like kind of more like a spy movie because they're they're literally like, you know, or Mission Impossible, you know, because they're they're going in and infiltrating like certain places, but they're using magic instead of, you know, weapons or yeah, yeah. spy gadgets and shit. Like they're using magic. So yeah, like you know, like you said, the first one was more. There was a little more of a a mystery element to it. Where in this, they're no, they're almost that's... acting like you know secret agents but with magic but they're magicians you know I, I think this is what we need right here i mean i'm just gonna i'm just gonna throw this out there i know the studios are listening to this podcast but um we need a mission impossible crossover with now you see me <laughs> <laughs> like ethan hunt has to infiltrate the eye <laughs> or something <laughs> right yeah i would watch that i would watch the shit out of that <laughs> mission impossible 6 is gonna be that ethan hunt has to learn magic I will also watch like a Jack Reacher crossover too. <laughs> hey, well, Jack Reacher 2 coming out this October. You never know. Maybe he'll maybe he'll be a magician this time. It would actually be pretty funny if if there was a Jack Reacher and Mission Impossible um crossover where at some point Jack Reacher shows up to an interrogation thing and they're like this guy looks exactly like you. <laughs> and he basically has to question Ethan Hunt. Yeah, like how Woody Harrelson has a twin in this movie. <laughs> Which I thought was so hilarious. Um I feel like a lot of the times <laughs> it was almost like they they did the the thing where they do sometimes in really bad sequels where it's like, hey, we killed this guy off, but we didn't mean to. So here's his twin brother instead. But like they didn't kill Woody off in yeah, the yeah. first in the first movie. They're just like, oh, no, f- it. we're just going to have him play. We're going to have his twin brother show up and have him play both parts. 
So I, I had I had that moment spoiled for me listening to the Fighting in the War Room podcast, and and they sort of all, or at least not all of them, like at least one of the, one of the cast, uh, the people on that podcast, were talking about um, how ridiculous it was, and like how that role was stupid, and that was a horrible thing. But I I actually found it really fun. Like I I kind of loved him playing his own twin brother. Oh yeah, it was. I mean, again, it just it just went. It just added more to the the ridiculousness of it all. And you can tell he had fun with the role. I mean, both parts. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was wearing like a ridiculous wig and talking in a <laughs> in a, some kind of accent. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was super weird. Yeah. But but it was fun. I mean, that, that's really these these are the type of films that um, you can kind of go in and watch and just enjoy the characters having fun at what they're doing. And it's there's a level of excitement to it and and there there is some there's you know some mystery i think um the the film does a good job of telegraphing what it's doing and kind of leading you towards the solutions before they come up and and i think the reveals in this film are less surprising and more like you you're kind of in on it as the bad guys are do, be, being duped and i think that's kind of an interesting um idea um so, yeah, I, 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 overall, it was really, really fun. Yeah, and I think that this movie is, at least to me, inherently way nerdier than anything in Warcraft. <laughs> There's something about, just a, this is a movie about, like, even though all of the, like, they're all, like, super cool and badass and, like, all these crazy things are happening like at the end of the day it's like they're just magicians like you know like this is this is something that you know you could you could get beat up over if you were if you were a kid you know <laughs> like that's like that's what was, that's just why it seems that's why it, that's why it's like another added layer of awesome because they are just magicians and like it, the movie it goes so far to even make you think like well maybe they really are magicians like they are doing magic like because some of the tricks are so ridiculous and they always have like you know the the reveal and the the explanation behind them but even the explanation you're kind of just like uh, i don't know about that but it doesn't matter so well even even like the the um so jesse eisenberg's character literally says that the rain trick is accomplished using a technique and, but then that technique still doesn't explain him falling onto the ground and turning <laughs> no. into water. Hell no, they never explain that. He just he just straight up disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I like how they, you know, they set it up too, where he saw the little thing in the in the magic shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was fun. You're like, oh, I know where that's gonna come into play. Yeah. De de definitely cool. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, any, any last comments about the film? Uh, no, not really. I mean, there isn't much to say other than... Uh, it's awesome to go see it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, why don't we get to our reviews? If you're going to give this a must-see, I reckon them to the caveat, a wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I would definitely give it a must-see, just like... It's just as must a must-of-a-see <laughs> as the first movie, so... Yeah. Yeah, I 
I think maybe I'll come down to a reckon with a caveat just because I know some people didn't even like the first one. Um, the first one, oh, I, I, the first people, <laughs> the first one I definitely would consider musty, even for the people who say they hated it. The second one, simply because I don't think it's as good as the first. Um, I, I feel like maybe just reckon with the caveat, but I still had a great time. And I think if you enjoyed the first one, then you'll probably have a great time watching this one as well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, with that, I think that's going to bring us to the end of this review. So, Carson, uh, I assume people want to find you. They can find you in the oldest magic shop in the world. Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> All right. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Stumbling a little bit there. <clears throat> if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash warning or like us at facebook.com slash warning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site, or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Now You See Me Too, so hopefully you are enjoying that. And, uh, yep, we are going to go take off and get some spooky time in as we review The Conjuring 2. Thanks for joining me, Carson. Yes. And thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you in a bit.